When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. He's just been living through real-life Christmas vacation, National Lampoon style, for the last month. And the dude is, like, looking more rested than I've ever seen right now. I I survived, Gary. I survived... Three sets of relatives visiting, five cases of COVID, two hospitalizations, not me. Everyone's fine now, but um, <laughs> two dogs visited the house. I mean, it was just, it's per, it, it was, it was like, I was like Clark Griswold here for, for a good 30 days. So <laughs> I pray to God you had a rant very much like him. I really do. I, I <laughs> I can see it right now. I can see like one of your aunts like trying to give Ben a quarter to rub his rubber feet. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I didn't cut down any trees or um, uh, knobs on the banister or anything yet, but I was close. <laughs> I mean, I noticed there's no broken windows behind you or anything. So good for you. Yes. You yes. All right. So hey, business of the day. Um, uh-huh. Pittsburgh Pirates were proactive. They they quickly jumped out and uh, made a trade with uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So put all your PTSD behind you, everybody. It's uh, every deal with the Rays is not bad. Um, they traded for G Man Choi. He's on his last year of arbitration. He's probably due about four and a half to five million dollars. Uh, they traded Jack Hartman. He's a young pitcher. Uh, just came off injury last year. Has some really good stuff. Throws throws very very fast. Struggles with control. He's a project. Long way away. It's the kind of guy you trade for, you know, a mediocre player in his last year of arbitration. Right. But he fills a hole for the Pirates, and he's a guy that he's never had an OPS um, that wasn't north of seven hundred. You can't put this any way other than it's an upgrade at the position they needed an upgrade and one way or another jim whether people want to admit it or not this team has to walk a line there's a very real possibility one of their top prospects is going to take that spot top of the board stunk there's nobody you were going to get for one year you know that was worth a crap So what do you think, man? What are your thoughts? G-Man Choi. Well, I mean, considering the abyss that the position is in general, I mean, it's an upgrade. I mean, there's just – is it a massive one? No. But here's here's what I will say about Choi. Um, 
let's just talk a defense. Let, let's 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 mix it up a little. Let's just talk defensively. He's good. He's a good first baseman. Spectacular you know? first baseman. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I don't want that to get lost. And as everyone starts looking at, of course he, of course you'd like him to be a little bit more prolific with power numbers and all that. But like, we just need a, a first baseman that by trade is a first baseman. And we we talk about, you know, given or at least I do, especially with Hayes and Cruz and given Castro, whoever, given them someone over there that is really good at the position. And, and he is that. So, um, you know, defensively, big upgrade. Offensively, hey, look, um, like you said, there wasn't going to be a lot out there to choose from. Um, the guy has a career OPS around 775, 774, somewhere in there. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. He gets Um, on base. He, he draws a lot of walks Yeah, and he's, and and aside from that, he's a singles doubles hitter. Yeah. I I mean, obviously he's, he's lefty. So you would have liked to have maybe gotten a little bit more right-handed. It puts them a little bit, you know still lefty dependent as far as hitters go, but I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I'd like them to maybe see if it's still going to be a platoon situation. I don't necessarily want to give him 500 at bats. I don't think they'll do that. Gary, what do you think? I don't think they'll give him 500 at bats, but they're not going to go get another first baseman. This is no, the guy. no. Yeah. Yeah. But I would they, think you're looking internal at this point, and to me, it, this is the uh, this is exactly the kind of guy you want to bring in. I I, I would have preferred somebody like CJ Crone um, if you were going to make a move for somebody, but either way, you don't want somebody long term when one of your top prospects is likely going to take over that spot. It's either going to be Henry Davis, Matt Gorski, maybe Nunez. Who knows? Maybe even Mason Martin decides to get his act together. But you're going to have a good player there in the near term. And we're not talking like this isn't when we talk future with Pirates. I understand everyone goes, oh, so tired of hearing about the future. Okay, I'm talking 2023 future now. I'm talking guys who could be here in 2023. In fact, guys that should be here in 2023. Matt Gorski is a talented fielder. He can play first base. He can play center field. He can play the corner outfields. He can hit. Thing is, he's just got the AAA. So you can't go into opening day trusting that that's going to happen. No, because he could very easily have a rough year next year. Who knows, right? Yeah, that's why you got to go and get somebody like this. I like it. Uh, I think... I was a little afraid, honestly, they were just going to rest on their laurels and take a shot at whoever um, and just run a, a carnival of fools through that position, including Zach Collins and Anduhar uh, and, and anybody yeah. else that you might want to pick to see what stuck. And I, I'm personally very happy that they got a professional first baseman to play first base and hopefully make O'Neill Cruz look better. Right. <clears throat> and I think uh, I think it was just a, a solid move that a professional team should make. I'm not yeah, I'm not one of these guys who's going to sit here and bash everything they do, like, oh, I wanted better. 
oh, you wanted Anthony Rizzo? I'm sorry. That's not in the cards. Yeah. And I'm not even no, sure and, it should be. And people are going to look at, like, this is, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Jason Mackey um, um, from PG put up something about, like, he, uh, Choi had a rough last 60 games of the season. So his numbers look a little worse than I think maybe they typically are. Um, last 60 games last year, he hit 188, 617 OPS and a 30.9 strikeout rate. Um, so his numbers look a little bit worse. Now people can say, well, maybe that's just him tailing off or did he just have a bad end of the season? I, I, Gary, I'm fine with it. They made a move. It's going to help things. How much? guess we'll find out. I mean, they, they took a position that was literally a black hole and added somebody who is a career 5.2 war player. At first right. base. And yep. he doesn't have a lot of pop. He's not fast. But he will drive in runs. He will get on base. And his average, you know, I mean, we talk about the numbers not looking as good. His average for in 2022 is 233. His career average is 239. Wasn't yeah. that far off. Is this what he No, I think, I think he just went up with some. His K rate got a little out, out of hand and... His OPS was down in the low 600s. So, um, but hey, yeah, I, still, I mean, you know, he he's hit everywhere he's gone. I, he's really he's only been like in what Milwaukee, uh, the Yankees, the Angels for one one year stops. He kind of had like a a tour before he landed with with the Rays, and, and they they let him settle in there. Um. You know, he lasted with the Rays because the Rays don't like spending money, and and that OPS was enough to to keep him employed. That's what they did. That's right. all the Pirates are looking for right now. And it so speaks to how, yeah, and it was it speaks to how bad the position was. That as soon as something was on the clock ticking, they went ahead and tried to do something with it. So, you sure. know, I mean, let's. Let's digest that a minute. Let's take a break. Come back. Let's talk about the uh, 40-man deadline that passed as well. And they had to get down to it. Instead of cutting five because they went and got Choi, they had to cut six. And I think you'll find that you don't even need a Band-Aid to fix this cut. Back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Gary and Jim with you, and now we're going to dive into a topic that everybody loves, and that is the Pirates cutting players that they probably didn't care much about to begin with, right? So let's start at the top. Peter Solomon, who most of you don't know, but they picked up uh, in the uh, waiver wire, you know, everybody's favorite method of player acquisition yes um actually this looks like a a pretty good pickup to be honest with you so i'm glad that he cleared waivers and was outright at the triple a bo salser 
Most of you only know him from Jim and I bitching last year that they cut him for no reason after only a couple of outings, and he did pretty well. Uh, Jason DeLay, we knew at least one of those catchers was going. Uh, clearly, they've made a choice as to which one that's going to be right now, and I wouldn't be shocked if it wound up being both. Uh, Eric Stout. Left-hander, you guys saw him eating garbage innings toward the end of the season. He actually didn't do too bad, but he has chosen free agency, which, fine. And Zach Collins, everybody get on your knees right now. And pray to whatever you worship and thank God that he is not the first base option because they got G-Man Choi. The only guy I didn't mention is Blake Cedarlin. And Blake Cedarlin is coming off Tommy John surgery. Uh, you would think he'll probably be ready for spring, but I'd also think they want to make sure that he gets some triple a time. He's also a roll five concern, but clearly by taking him off the 40 man, they do not plan on having him occupy a spot on the 40 man. Um, which means they're going to take a risk that he could get selected. I think they're probably safe, but anytime you have a guy who hits triple digits, if he can still do that, which we don't know. Um, yeah. And, 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 and what do teams know about him? You know, I mean, and, uh, and that's, that's part of the equation there is, which is he, it's, it's too early in the game for his recovery for it to be a real risk, I think. Um, yeah. And he was know. probably never big enough of a prospect to begin with to, have somebody like have a panic attack about having him be exposed anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So all in all, no harm, no foul on most of that. Uh, all pretty expected. That leads us kind of naturally into the next discussion, Jim, which is really who do the pirates protect in the rule five? I think we have to start there before we start talking about who they cut to make room. Uh, the roster's reset right now. We're sitting at 40. That was the the order of the day. Next up is who do they protect? Before we get into that, I just wanted to kind of make sure everybody understands where we're coming from when we start discussing the Rule 5 protections because... People get real worked up about Rule rule 5, Gary. (laughs) They really do, man. They really do. And I think it's mostly because people just don't understand the exercise, you know? It's somewhere around 80% of players that are Rule 5 eligible don't get selected and and taken by another team. Add on another 10% that don't last the entire duration with said team and end up getting returned. And you're talking about a pretty safe thing. You're not going to lose a whole lot of players. Now, if you're stupid... And you say say the Pirates would go, yeah, I think Endy's going to squeak through. Well, they're wrong. Andy Rodriguez yeah. would get taken in a heartbeat. So there are very, Gary, that. yeah, there are just, there are very few nightmare stories about Rule 5, you know, mishaps. I mean, sure. the fact Roberto that Roberto Clemente comes to mind. Sure. Yeah, but, I mean, th- these things happen, right? but, but for the most part, you know, they're not going to do anything super dangerous here. 
I hear names all the time, though, like Blake Sable. He was hitting really well last year. They sent him to Arizona Fall League, so there's obviously a little more exposure on him, but he's not really playing. And, um, you know, you don't really know where he's going to play. He's not going to really be a catcher. They kind of were already transitioning him from being a catcher and ended up having to use him as such last year because of Henry Davis getting hurt constantly. So I think he's probably more of an outfielder. He showed a decent bat. He's almost 25 years old. The likelihood that you have to protect him in order to keep him in your system, to me, is nil. Yeah. Uh, He's the exact kind of guy that I'm talking about when I say it's not about the team or us hating the prospect or thinking he has no future or thinking he sucks or... It's not that. You're just weighing the risk, and absolutely, if, you know, and 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 this is this is not. I'm going to say this is going to sound harsh, but like a lot of organizations have guys just like this, sure. you know, um, that are had a good year, 24ish, 25ish, maybe doesn't have a position completely, you know. Um, hasn't hasn't cracked um the major leagues um maybe surprised a little bit these guys are not that rare especially right now because there's a whole lot of 24 year old ish guys that have kind of been put there because of the covid year yeah i mean there's a bit of a log jam yeah, there's a ton of guys who missed an entire season of minor league ball and you know all they did is get older. <laughs> you know, you couldn't just automatically promote everybody up a level. I mean, they still needed to face that competition. They still need to learn, they still need to get to a certain point in their career before they could move up and everybody's kind of just adjusted that. You know, so when you hear like, "Oh, that guy's 24 and in double A, he sucks." Yeah, but you're maybe not being fair to what happened to these guys either. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, I picked on Blake Sable just because I think he's a great example of this sort of thing because he's real five eligible. He's probably not going to be, you know, protected, but much like Cal Mitchell, he could wind up being up here, you know, in the first quarter of the season. He could even win a job out of spring. I mean, and you want to know why? Because they don't care about protecting him for from, you know, Super 2. They don't care about getting the extra year out of him because he's already going to be 25. So he's the perfect kind of guy who could literally win a job out of spring and be okay and be here. Right. Well, I mean, is there any, you know, like, just the names even last year that we talked about the Matt Frazier's of the world and uh, the Mason Martins, you know, and I think we were, we were on this show last year talking about this very same thing, talking about, I don't think there's a need to protect even a Mason Martin. And that was whenever things still looked pretty good for him. Well, brace Um, yourself because I still don't. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So like a lot of hand wringing, a lot of consternation, but, it would have to be a really unique situation. And uh, yeah, I mean, Matt Frazier's the guy this year. You, obviously, it's a no-brainer. You wouldn't do it. Right. 
There's a lot of choices. They have a lot of people that they could protect. But I just don't think they're going to protect a lot of guys. I think you're looking at Andy Rodriguez is, to me, a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and, and you could probably say that for just about anybody who's a top 100 prospect and roll five eligible. It's exactly why Leovar Piguero was protected last year. He's not ready either. But a top 100 guy who's roll five eligible is going to get protected. That's just the way it is. I, I was just going to say, I, I think, and don't quote me on this, I think I just remember reading about how, I mean, it's it's been 100% of those guys get, get protected in the top 100. I mean, because you probably would be um, looking for a new job if you don't. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you develop a, a top 100 guy, you're not looking to just expose them to everybody like hey we've done the heavy lifting have at it you know it doesn't work that way um so i think andy rodriguez is a no-brainer uh the only other guy i have as a can't miss absolutely gonna be protected guy is mike burrows and i think uh i probably lean towards stopping there now they could protect Matt Gorski. Um, that's a possibility. I would think they'd almost have to think about moving an outfielder if they did that, because they would just have too many outfielders on the forty man at that yeah. point. Um, He's an interesting name, Gary. Uh, you know, obviously he got hurt and his season got cut short. Um, he's another one of these guys, a little older now, um, but big power numbers. I think it would be a very interesting conversation had he finished out the year and still performed like he had. Um, sure, because he wouldn't have just had a couple days in AAA. He would have had weeks, if not months. And yeah, I think then you're probably looking at a guy who's right on the cusp, ready to ready to rock and roll with him. Right now. You know, he had a he had a really good season. So did Matt Frazier in, you know, 2021. And then Matt Frazier fell off a cliff last year, right? So yep, sure like did. last year we we were borderline like, oh man, we're gonna have to protect Matt Frazier next year. And you know, he's real five eligible. I don't even have him as a consideration to protect nope. right now. So I Gorski to me is a maybe. He's probably my top maybe. And then uh, Dariel Lopez, um, 20-year-old, third baseman, shortstop, second baseman, uh, really kind of came on this year to me. I I don't think somebody's going to take him. I think that's a little too big of a jump to, to believe he's going to get selected. But, man, he... <laughs> He's got Tons some tools. He's got yeah, some yeah. tools, and and boy, he scares me to just expose to. I could see him getting taken by a desperate team that isn't trying to win right now. Well, that's what that's what it would have to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guy has so much potential. But like you said, just twenty, man. That's like I said, you're weighing the risks, right? Um, what about our What about our our buddy, our newly acquired um, 
first baseman pro- prospect from the Cardinals, Mr. Nunes. Yeah. I know you, hear, you were pretty adamant about, about him not being protected. I hear it a lot. There's a lot of people that I saw think he's a lock to be protected. I think they assume that because Charrington picked him up. But um, I don't think there's a risk of him getting selected. He has really good power. But a lot of his power was in a micro ballpark. And... Yeah, he came over here and hit some home runs, but I don't know. I don't think that I don't think he's close enough to the league to to be that worried about protecting him. I don't see him getting selected by anybody. And I don't think that I could even make an argument that he's like in my top 20 concerns. I I just <laughs> I wouldn't do it. To be honest with you, I I wouldn't. I'd save the roster spot. Well, you you would be talking about a guy that, like we talked about, he's going to have to go to a team. And I mean, are you going to put him in the field? Probably not. So then you're probably looking at someone that might let him DH some. You know, is he ready for anything like that? I just don't see it, Gary. He can he can play first base a little. He can play third base. Um, but DH is that a guy would really if you're gonna, if he's going to get selected in the roll five, he's going to be a DH somewhere. That's what I'm saying. And then and I, so, I just don't think so. I really don't. Yeah. I th- I think there's a lot of people there. Their heads are going to explode when they see it that he's not selected or not protected. But I I don't see how you could. No, I, I, for the I, same I, reason, I wouldn't protect Mason Martin. I you know I just no. Yeah. I, I would be I would be surprised if 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 they did. Um, I know I I get it. People are like putting two and two together that, you know, he was kind of the bigger piece of the uh, Quintana trade, and then you wouldn't want to turn around and lose him. But that doesn't have any bearing on whether he's actually worthy of doing it. You know, from an ability level and a risk level. Sure. So uh, you know, and if. If you get to like this off season and he's looked really good, but maybe hasn't quite cracked the league yet because he's blocked by G man Choi and um, let's say Matt Gorski beats him and plays first base, you know, this season too. Okay. Maybe then you throw the protection at him next year, you know? Right. Or if it's, he makes it, if he makes it to the league, he answers the question for you because he puts himself on the 40 man. And to me, I, I think he got some time to make that decision. Um, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't protect him. I know that a lot of people aren't going to want to hear that, but that's where I'm at. I'm not as adamant about it as you, but I definitely am um, uh, in the, in the club of saying that I don't think they will. Aside from that, Tanaj Thomas is the only other name I can think of who I'd consider. Well, I I got one more after that, but Tanaj Thomas is, is a guy that, you know, he, he's thrown some, some plus stuff, but, He's definitely made himself a reliever. I was a lot more worried about him when it looked like he was going to be a starter. 
you know, he was Rule 5 eligible last year. They left him unprotected, understandably, for the level that he was at. I'm not seeing it. I think I'd probably leave him go. If he gets taken, he gets taken. I'm not all that concerned about it. Um, he was maybe a borderline top 100 guy last year. He's not this year. Could some team theoretically just stash him in their bullpen, I guess? Yeah. Um, I'm not super worried about it. No, but that's 90, that's 90% of roll five selections to begin with is bullpen. Yeah, right. <laughs> because you can hide them. And it doesn't really hurt you if you take a shot and they stink. So, you know, is it possible that he gets taken? Yeah, it is. I I won't, I won't sit here and deny that. I just don't think that I would care all that much. You know what I mean? Like that's not the end of the world. If he does get taken. And, and, And from what I saw last year, homeboy still got a lot of work to do. I, I was just going to say, I look at him and think he's still a project, man. I mean, there's, there's a lot that has to go right um, for him to kind of be considered a complete kind of um, even like a bullpen arm. So I, I, I view him as a project still, Gary. Absolutely. Um, And the only other guy I have um, is Cody Bolton. Now, Cody Bolton what, been, seems like we've been talking about him forever. Yeah, well, he just you know he had last year was a good recovery year for him. I would say he managed to stay healthy, stayed on the field. He he increased innings. He he looked pretty good. I think he's just meh enough that I think he gets let go. Uh, I think people will just leave him alone and be all right not selecting him if only because you're not a hundred percent sure whether where he profiles yet you're not going to take for instance a starting prospect and throw him in your rotation so he's going to be a bullpen arm if he gets picked up by somebody and i'm not sure that's what you want to do with him in this stage of his development after coming back from all those injuries yeah, you know, um, as as you were talking about him, I I just pulled up last year just to see kind of of what he looked like. I mean, there's still something there, Gary. Uh, it's 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 definitely health with him. Um, I mean, last year he 75 innings pitched, so that that's a decent a decent mark for him. 82 strikeouts still had a whip in the 1.2s. I mean, there's still something there if he can just stay healthy. I like him a lot, Jim. I mean, I put him, you know, right up there with, I think he's probably just as ready to jump to the majors as uh, any of their starting prospects. So it's not, again, about disliking the player or thinking that he can't make it or, anything like it's just the reality of do I think somebody will take him and believe they can roster him all year? No. So <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm sticking with it, man. Two, maybe three. 
The two for sure's for me are Mike Burrows and Andy Rodriguez. The third for me is maybe Gorski. And that is where I'm sticking. Yeah, these other names we brought up are are, are interesting, but you got to roll the dice on some of them. Um, but yeah, I hadn't I hadn't been thinking about Cody Bolton, and you know, it's shocking with him is he's still just 24, right? You know, as a pitcher, you know. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. It is. I mean, the other the only other guys they have, like you know, you talk about people they picked up and and. You know, Nunez is is the hot name where people are saying, oh, you can't leave him exposed because Ben Charrington just picked him up and he loves him, right? Well, he he just picked up Connor Scott, too, and Connor Scott's Rule 5 eligible. Nobody's going to take him either. Nope. There's just – you have to just separate yourself a little bit from your fandom and your fear when you start looking at this stuff, and you really got to – look back in history and see how often it's actually happened. Yeah. See how minimal it really is. And even when the pirates pick up roll five guys, really look at how often they're successful. Look at Luis Oviedo. He ended up being DFA'd himself like (laughs) the next year after the pirates managed to carry him all year. It, you know, yeah. it doesn't work out all that often. It doesn't. And, you know, I think part of it is too, Gary, you know, as we get, especially in Pittsburgh, we get very, very focused on the minor leagues um, because we're always, you know, I mean, that's, that's where the hope has to come from. And so people get attached to guys and right. um, you can be attached to a guy and, still keep it within um, the proper perspective that a, they probably don't need protected and B it's not a knock on them long-term. Yeah, I would agree with all that. I think that's a great way to say it too. So when we come back, Jim, we should probably discuss uh, who has to go to clear those two or three spots, huh? Yeah. That should be a super easy discussion. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. It's Cut Fest, Cut Fest on the Pirates Fan Forum. We're cutting people left and right. We're defaming your favorite prospects and saying they shouldn't be protected from the Roll 5 draft. We're being ignorant, evil Pirates fans tonight. Woo! All right, let's see. Gary, it's tough to make cuts on this loaded, loaded roster. I, for one, am struggling. Um, I mean, we we figured we have to probably clear two or three spots, right? I think we agreed. Maybe we don't agree on who, but it's two, three spots. We could even be generous and say four if we really wanted to. Uh This should not be hard. Let's start with the pitchers, shall we? Sure. Um, I'll just go through the list of the official 40-man roster, and you tell me keep or jettison okay okay 
All right. This shouldn't be that hard. Uh, Manny Banuelos. That's a keep for keep, me. Keep. Yeah. Jeremy Beasley. Never heard of him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't know anything he- about him. I'm going to reserve judgment till I get through the rest of the list. <laughs> Uh, I think we'll keep David Bednar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably should. Yeah. Junior Fernandez is another one uh, along the lines of, of Beasley. Uh, another waiver wire claim. Another um, guy we have never really gotten our eyes on. You know, decent stuff, it looks like. Same with Beasley. Don't know. Maybe they're bullpen guys. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just guys that have options. They can bounce back and forth. You need that too. Sure. So I'll probably hold off judgment there too. Here's an interesting one. Max Kranick. Uh, uh-huh. Tommy John last year. I thought he had a hell of a lot of potential. Um, you could probably almost put him in the same category as what they did with Blake Cedarlin. Um where you could probably get away with it just because people don't really know his health status at the, at the moment, Uh but he might be a risk that you don't need to take too. Yeah. I think I can find other, other names. Uh, Let's see, because it doesn't just have to be um, DFAs. It can be just deciding not to select somebody or or take somebody to arbitration. Right. Uh Robert Stevenson. You know, what I saw of him, I don't know, Gary. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say I'll say keep. They seem to like him. I mean, they seem to like his stuff. Yeah. I think they could pick him as somebody they get rid of. Or, to me, Dwayne Underwood is expendable. I wish that I believed the Pirates agreed. Bryce Wilson is expendable. I wish I thought the Pirates would agree. <laughs> Miguel Yajure, to me, is expendable. I'm pretty sure the Pirates don't agree. Catchers, uh, we have right now Tyler Heineman and Ali Sanchez. I don't know a damn thing about Ali Sanchez except for reading his stat sheet and knowing that he wasn't good enough for the Cardinals. So, uh, even knowing they were losing Yadier Molina, so <laughs> right, right. Chances are he's probably not all that good, and I think we may or may not have a few pretty darn good catchers on the way, and we I've know heard. they're going to sign one. So, I don't know. That could probably be one, right? You might even sneak him through waivers. Yeah, um, you could probably go either or there, Gary. You probably could. Honestly. You probably could, but at least Heineman knows the pitching staff already. Right. So, I mean, if I had to pick one, it'd be Sanchez, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I'm not even saying we have to pick one. But Hoy Park is my next one. I think Hoy Park, to me, is just a no-brainer. I described last week why I didn't see he had a spot on this roster. I don't think he has a position. I don't think there's a single position that he's even in the top three for. I think he's a 100% jettison. I would totally agree with you. 
I'm kind of surprised he wasn't one of the ones they chose for this first round. Yeah, that wouldn't have surprised me at all. Uh, let's see. How about this new Ryan Vlade guy they got from Colorado that uh, I don't understand fully. We've got a pretty crowded outfield room. A lot of prospects. I don't, I mean, he's right-handed. Is that what it's all about? It might be. Uh, he's a little he's, younger. He's 23 years younger. old. Yeah. His numbers but, didn't really impress me in the minors, but okay. I don't I don't necessarily get it. Um he could be one of those guys that you could swap in and out on the roster. Um they've done that before too. I um, guess. So all right. We kind of talked about this last week too. You know, Tucapito Marcano is another name I brought up. I I think I'm pretty set here with my two or three. I'm going to go with three. I'm going to go with Ali Sanchez because I think they could sneak him through waivers really easily. Ryan Vlade or Vlade or however you say it. Uh-huh. And I think you could sneak him through waivers and I wouldn't care if you didn't. And I think I would consider Max Kranich, if only because I don't think he'll be ready till midseason at least. And you could always just pop him back on when he's ready. Yeah. Um, your hurry is interesting to me. Um, but I, put, I, I would put that as an outside shot of them moving on. From him. I would agree. If nothing else, he's got a little bit of major league time under his belt. Eminently mm-hmm. controllable and cheap. Marcano's not going anywhere simply because of I I, I I still think Sherrington has the hots for him. So um that would really surprise me. I don't know if you if you if you feel that way with him, but it would surprise me because I think we all know what Ben Charrington thinks of him. Yeah. But, you know, let me call a spade a spade. I, I don't like what I see from him. I don't really even like um, the potential that I think he has room left to display. Right. And, uh, if I mean, if I had my druthers, you know, he's probably on the short list. You know, I mean, like we, we want to, we want to protect all these guys and and we love prospects and everything, but you also got to be willing to accept when a prospect isn't what you hoped. And Marcano does some exciting things. He can run, although he's really shitty at stealing bases as fast as he is. And, um, he, he makes good contact on occasion, the pop just is never really going to come. You can just tell from his swing that the pop's not going to come. It's just not yeah. the right kind of swing. He's going to he's gonna every once in a while pop one over the wall, but it's not going to be a regular occurrence. It's not something you're going to constantly – and you can't have him bat first in your lineup every night. <laughs> you just can't. No, no. I, I mean, if anything, he just projects as like – Super utility guy, 
Yeah. So maybe, you know, he's worth keeping and, you know, Hoy Park's the odd man out there. I I just, I, I can't see a purpose for him. Let me, let me throw a name out there that we just, we, we, we've been, you know, just, it's easy to gloss over Diego Castillo. Where do you think the pirates sit with him right now? I think the pirates probably think of him as a utility guy that they with some pop and a, and a, with some pop and a valued right-handed bat because they just don't have a lot of them. And I am all ready to say goodbye. If you asked me, but I just know they're not going to do it. And <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, you know, we talked about the non-tender deadline last week and, I mean, when you see deadlines like what we just saw, like getting down to 40 man go by, you pretty much answer your questions about what they're going to do with those arbitration guys. You know, it, the easiest decision in the world is to is to say, um, well, we weren't going to take Robert Stevenson to arbitration anyway. We might as well just go ahead and cut him right now. Let him go out and join the poll of free agents and you know, easy decision for, for making these cuts and getting down to the 40 man. They didn't do that. He's going to be back. Well, Kevin it's, it's going to be back. I was just going to say the same reason we haven't mentioned Newman, same reason we haven't mentioned Andujar. I mean, just, yeah. If you survived today, or I guess we're recording this on Thursday. If you were, if you survived two days ago, <laughs> then you are likely going to be tendered. So I can't put you into my consideration for how I get down and build the spots out for the roll five protections. And on the other hand, Jim, when I look at this 40 man now, uh, I'm seeing a lot less that I would just kind of uh, blindly throw away. And that's a good thing. I mean, that kind of means that we are maybe starting to get somewhere. And we haven't even talked about free agents yet. But, I mean, the people I talk to, it's starting to sound as though they're not just going to go after a run-of-the-mill pitcher. It looks like they really do want one of the better options out there. They're talking about a few of of, of the better names. So... We'll see if they actually landed or if this is David Price all over again. But it's good to hear that. It's good to to see that they're setting their sights a little higher. And um, to be honest, I I kind of like the makeup of the 40-man right now as a growing team. I, I, I think that next year will be a lot easier on the eyes, if not the well, record. You know, we just talked about trimming two or three more guys off of this list, and they will be guys that no one's going to miss. So, I mean, just the fact that we can get to that point, I mean, hey, theoretically, Gary, this this should be a hard conversation next year. It really should. I mean, next year, like, when we talk about names like Diego Castillo – it sh- it should be a lot easier to say yeah that he's not he's not going to make it you know and and it's it's like easier to 
mention a guy that you feel is a borderline prospect who maybe hasn't had enough of a chance yet because you've maybe got three or four other ones that are ready. You know, Nick Gonzalez will be in the picture by then. Like, there's a lot of things that are, are going to happen in this calendar year that are, well, not this calendar year. That's only freaking two more months. But like in this, well, yeah. in this season coming up that are really going to kind of change the conversations we have about this baseball team and how the roster is shaping up. The Rule 5 draft next year, it's good. it could be a bloodbath. <laughs> they're not careful. So a lot of cool conversations but, that I think we're going to keep having about the roster. But you know what, Gary, too, like if it, if it did get to that point with the rule five draft, that's a great problem to have. I mean, that you could legitimately lose somebody that you're terrified of, of losing. So I'll take that conversation. At that I point. will too. And I, I love it. I, I actually think um, it's, it's the kind of conversations that, I think, uh, you know, most baseball fans get to have, and we haven't for quite some time. It really and truly has been a long time since the system, and specifically the top end of the system, has been this strong. And as a fan, you should kind of look at that as, I guess, proof that the, the system, the plan is working to a certain degree. Okay, it hasn't gotten to the point where it's affected the major league product yet, yet. But I think you're starting to see that these decisions are decades more difficult than they were in 2020. You know, and sure. Every year it gets a little more difficult, and that means that as you keep going, the talent is getting closer and closer and more concentrated and more shoved in and more. So when they pick up somebody like Ryan Valade, I I really have to question what they're doing. <laughs> it, it, it's weird. Um, especially in the outfield right now, they've already got enough. Uh, warm bodies do they not you figure they you know they're gonna bring our Andujar back we already talked about that you know absolutely cal mitchell is gonna be floating around you know brian reynolds is here you know canaan smith the jigba's coming back from his injury gonna get a shot jack Swinsky's here travis swaggerty never got a chance yet um this t- this is a team that has two capita marcano listed as an outfielder like Solely. <laughs> yeah. Um, now they bring in Ryan Valade, and I didn't even mention G1 Bay or Diego Castillo. So you start talking about that list of players, and, and I got to ask, why why would we want to pick up a minor leaguer that has no major league experience and add them to this bucket? Because we just discussed maybe they need to protect Matt Gorski. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's another there's another outfielder. I mean, maybe he's going to play first base, but still, there's another one. You know what, Gary? In this day and age of analytics and everything that teams are looking at and looking for, and maybe there's just something they've ID'd because otherwise, 
from the outside looking in, boy, does it seem like it's just, he's just a space holder until they find someone better and then they take him off. But uh, oh, I, I mean, don't know. If that's the case. If that's the case, I found somebody better. I'm done. <laughs> you know, like it's already happened. I've already found it. Like, I don't get it. I don't get that. Yeah. I don't need that. Like this isn't this isn't a guy that I I think they need to be going out and grabbing right now. Um, this is a guy to me. You get a guy like this when you're heading to spring training, and you just want filler. Um, you don't get that in November. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, right when you're trying to make finalize a roster exactly and, yeah yeah right now it, it, you're, you're to the point where you're trimming your 40 man down and trying to shape it and squeeze it into this hole let's go ahead and add another peg why what are you doing it's curious for sure yeah i mean all of this jim and we didn't even get into um alex grilling uh ben charrington and asking him a bunch of questions yet well maybe um, next next week maybe next we, week we will we'll touch that. on it yeah. yeah, I think we'll I think we'll talk about that next week because um, I w- I think the the main comments he made were like they needed to solve first base and you know I kind of thought it was a, a relatively strong word from him that he doesn't oh yeah for use. sure and and like turns out maybe that's because he actually you know had this in the works for Choi and you know. He, he actually maybe had a solution for once. Oh, I, I, it caught my attention immediately. Um, Cause I think a lot of people were like, it was just more word soup. And I thought, well, that one, that part really wasn't. Um, yeah, that was a, so, a different approach to that for sure. And so. I, and I, I will throw this out there too. I'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear. I want to hear what uh, people's people's suggestions are for their leaving off the, off the 40 man who do they think is truly truly expendable and who do they think that uh the pirates need to protect so uh, i'm i'm interested to get some feedback yeah because i mean the other the other side of this that we didn't really talk about is that that's for protecting people from the roll five well then you got like uh anybody they bring in free agency mm-hmm. right and that could be that could be pretty painful in and of itself you know, there, there's going to be a lot more of this and, and a lot bettering of the roster, I think. Um, I like that. I'm excited to see it unfold. And uh, this is step one. So buckle up because uh, it doesn't seem like Ben Charrington's going to sit back and wait for the world to come to him this time for once. Well, you know what? We've talked about 2023 being really critical. And, um, you know, that's our, that's our stance on it, but maybe it's, maybe it's also their stance too, that they can't afford to stand Pat anymore. Yeah. I I think, I think that's an accurate way to look at it, Jim. I, I think there are certain positions we identified and I think everybody's identified as you kind of can't go into another season leaving it in this state and you know again don't misread this i'm not super excited about g-man Choi, but they addressed this hole 
with a professional baseball player who has a acceptable OPS and plays really, really good defense. That's way better than um, picking up somebody else and seeing if maybe they can make their power that manifested itself once at one time happen <laughs> right. here. Right. Baby this, steps. Yeah. This is a guy that uh, I think it's pretty clear what you're going to get. He's got a good four year track record of doing it. Um, and don't discount. He's a guy that played on a world series team just a couple years ago. That's not a bad thing to have in your locker room. You know, that's not a bad thing to have as an example of what can happen. And he did it on a very small market team. So it's not as though he can't sit here and tell these guys, hey, it can be done. You can do this. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, by win. all accounts, the little I did see was by all accounts, he is a good clubhouse guy. Yeah. So, And they need good clubhouse guys that are also decent players. Yeah. So, hey, without <laughs> without uh, going any further and uh, and continuing our bloodbath, we should probably end it. That's that's a good place to stop this week. And uh, let's recharge the batteries this week, Jim. Come at full full bore next week, I think, brother. Yeah, it was nice to have a little bit of action here uh, when we sat down to record. And um, hopefully, we get a little bit more of that in this off season, a little bit at least. Yeah, I think we'll have some fun. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, hey, good stuff for today. Thanks, brother. And uh, we should congratulate each other for having never missed an episode. As much crap as we've had going on these last few months, man. That's right, man. We always find a way. And uh, God willing, we will continue to do that. Absolutely, man. Hey, so, Ben, uh, if you have survived the family escapade with, (laughs) with your father... Go ahead and take it away, Brady.